When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is never too early for some spicy hot takes. That's what we're going to do here for the Sickos Tuesday night Spike Week Sickos episode one. Myself, Eric Beinfor, Rob Coakley. We're going to dive. We're not. We're not starting at the beginning. We're starting with the spiciness. We're starting with the hot takes for 2023 fantasy football. Who's going to outperform? Who's going to underperform? And everything crazy there in between here at Spike Week. Let's do it. Dude, we got to get somehow we need to uh, contact Elon and uh, the powers that be within the Internet and get them to scrub the hot dog video from (laughs) the Internet so that every uh, stream doesn't get it because I can't do the hot dog thing for for much longer. Every like having to talk for an hour after hearing about hot dogs every day is a little is a little bit of a struggle. Also, um, I guess it is somewhat correlated to a to a, a hot take. Mm-hmm. A hot dog would be somewhat correlated to a hot hot take, which is what we're going to do here today. New schedule, week one here at Spike Week. Tuesday night is for the sickos. We're going to get into on Tuesdays um, kind of a little bit of everything. We're going to dive into some of this, the, the fun stuff that we can do with the tools that we have, but just tons of different best ball, you know, strategy, sicko talk, right? That if you're in the Discord, which there's a link to in the description, there's a lot of create like it's May 2nd and we're talking about can you draft teams with only Jalen Hurts as your quarterback, right? We're like that's the kind of sick strategy stuff that we do here. And so we're gonna try to translate some of it here to this Tuesday night show. And what better way to start it than with some like spicy hot takes to get out ahead of the summer and see see how accurate we can be with some of the this stuff <laughs> predicting it in May. I'm ready to do this. I I was I have one that I'm been workshopping for the past two weeks that i wasn't ready to release yet but what the hell this is a kickoff show let's go with one of the spiciest takes and we'll talk about it shortly so really quickly i'm gonna make you go first too by that uh from from that now but really quickly if you're hanging out with us and you're you're in the chat um obviously of course give us a like it's like and subscribe you're probably already doing you probably already do that if you're here hanging out with us so we appreciate you if you have something you deem as a spicy hot take Drop it in the drop it in the chat. We'll bring it up. We'll walk through your guys' takes too. Can you can you one up us on the spiciness level of of your take here on May May second, four months away from the first the first football game? We want to hear it all. I want to hear it. it's not just it's not just Rob and I up here giving out our takes, but uh, let's just hop right in. Rob, hot hot take number one. I'm gonna be starting uh, similar to how when we when we did the the hot wings, the hot sauce draft. Um, which also has like ruined my life. Uh, both of those those drafts did. I'm gonna go start with you know, like you said, lukewarm, medium, right? Uh, something you might actually 
eat <laughs> when you're at, when you're out out somewhere as opposed to the the straight fire that you know burns a hole in your stomach. We'll get to those later. All right, I'm going to start with the devil's blood and just Ooh. jump right to the end of the line here. Okay. Uh, we've been talking about quarterbacks at nauseum for the past few months, so I'm going to give a quarterback take. We have three quarterbacks in the second round right now. We have Jalen Hurts, we have Patrick Mahomes, we have Josh Allen. There's a lot of good players around them, right? You have your Amonras, you have your Saquons, you have your Nick Chubbs, your Jalen Waddles. So to get overweight on those quarterbacks is going to be a difficult proposition, correct? If you wanted to be overweight on any of them. I'm of the mind that I am probably cold fading Josh Allen this year completely. I okay. think of the three, Jalen Hurts provides the most upside based on what he does in that offense, to based on the way they use him, based on the way I still think they want to use him. I don't think we've sh we're shown any indication that they want to give up his rushing upside in, you know, fourth and one, fourth and two, goal line situations. I think mm -hmm. all of that is still on the table for Jalen Hurts. It's I also still legal. The old tush push is still yeah. illegal. So yeah. that they the NFL hasn't taken it away from him either. So there's that. There's Patrick Mahomes, who I think is the safest quarterback to throw for 303 almost every single game. So if you're if you're looking to win regular season money, Mahomes is gonna be your guy, probably, as well as Jalen Hurts, I would say. So that leads me to believe that Josh Allen is the odd man out. I think they're changing that offense a little bit to protect him. Not, not, I'm not saying they're going to protect him 100%. He's still going to do his Josh Allen things. We saw half of the year last year, though, maybe because of injury, he wasn't doing what he can do at his ceiling. And I think that they are really worried in Buffalo. I did love the Dalton Kincaid pick, right? The moving up to get Kincaid. Mm -hmm. I like that for them. But as it stands, if I can't get what I got with Mahomes last year, right? Because he's not a fifth-round pick anymore. I'm not going to have 50-something percent of Mahomes. But if I want 12 to 16 percent of Hertz and Mahomes, something's got to give. It's got to come from somewhere. Yep. It's got to go from somewhere. And unless he falls drastically or, you know, dramatically in the second round is like three or four picks, right? Both the other guys are gone. I'm going to have very limited to no Josh Allen exposure this year. This is interesting because, A, I think it sounds incredibly spicy, like you moron, just take your requisite number of Josh Allen. Right? That's sort of like a, a sane person. This is a sicko show, as you see at the, at the top here. We are not uh, mentally well in terms of our, our fantasy takes, or a real life, I guess. We're talking about fantasy football on May 2nd. But the normal person would just say, even if you dislike him, right, just take him here and there when it right, just mix him in type mm -hmm. of thing. But you and I have also talked. We talked a lot last year about in in in, in theory, that makes sense, like spreading out your exposures, right? Just like, oh, maybe Josh Allen falls a little bit. I'll take him on this on this particular team or, or whatever. But a quarterback can be a little bit different. It's a, it's a little more bust-proof, right? Outside of injury, Josh Allen is pretty bust-proof. Um, but what we talked about this, I don't remember what show, during the offseason, where it was actually one of my biggest regrets was doing that. And I'm not saying 
you have to take huge stands on any one individual player, right? If if you want to be a you know a flat exposure bro, you can still do that while not forcing players you don't want to take. And I mean that. And the example from last year was like Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry were what first or second round running backs that I didn't Joe Mixon that I did not want. Like I, I hated them. I had them like ranked way lower, way, way, way lower than, than where they were going. But because I succumbed to that idea of like, Oh, look, Dalvin fell eight spots past ADP still not where I have him ranked by the way. But when you're in the draft and he's at the top and you're like, ah, I really haven't taken Dalvin. This seems like a good time to take him. And then you take him and then you get to week 12 of the season and you're looking through your exposures and you're like, Oh yeah, I was underweight Dalvin, right? I had 2% or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but that that's 2%. That's, that's three teams that could have been AJ Brown or Tyree kill or these guys who are actually good, right? The guys that I wanted to draft. And so it, it kind of like, you could still, right. You could still have 16% of Tyreek and AJ, just like you said, you get 15 or 16% of, of Hertz Mahomes and the other second round picks. I love the second round. Second round's awesome this year. Yep. Like you, you can still have, be kind of a flat exposure, bro. If you want to, if you don't want to, then obviously this conversation is totally fine. But like th- what you said there was the big thing that stuck out to me more, even probably more so than just fading Josh Allen. It was, I prefer these other guys. I have concerns about Josh Allen. I don't have concerns about them. So I'm not going to waste my bullets. I only have 150 of them. If I'm maxing, God forbid, right? If you Mm -hmm. don't max one of these tournaments, you only have X amount of bullets. Like in in practice, right? 10% of your 150 is 15 teams. That is not a lot, man. <laughs> like you're only you're only gonna get so many combinations, right? You could hit the nuts on those 15 teams with Josh Jacobs, but you only got 15 combinations of that around Josh Jacobs. And it's hard to nail that in only 15 teams. So when you waste your bullets on guys you don't want to waste it on, I think that's re- that's really important. So um that was kind of what I was thinking. But my first my first take actually was it's so funny, correlated perfectly with mm-hmm. with your take and the thesis being josh allen has admitted to potentially running less i think we saw some signs that they don't want him to run as much i think it's a matter of time before he gets injured running the way that he does it's not just the the running right if you run like kyler i know kyler, it's a bad example kyler blew out his knee but like right kyler never gets hit when he runs he runs he's a little jitterbug runs runs away and slides Right. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts really doesn't get hit either, other than the, the goal line thing. He goes out of bounds and goes down. Allen runs like a freaking high school like linebacker playing quarterback. You know, like yeah, he's he just Cam Newton. Yeah, he's yeah, he's Cam Newton. He's just running dudes over. It's only a matter of time. I think that they see that and he sees that too. And what better player to bring in on a fairly inexpensive cost at the running back position? Then a guy who just scored a billion touchdowns on the Patriots two years ago and yep. is a freaking battering ram, an awesome in-between-the-tackles runner. Like, uh, he's he's a flawed running back in terms of, right, he's not Christian McCaffrey. But, like, how, there's not that many guys better than Damian Harris pounding it up the middle, being efficient, running the football. We've seen that for years now. 
I think Damian Harris leads the NFL in touchdowns and gets to 20, 20 plus touchdowns. I think that they just take Josh Allen out of that equation, limit the hits. Devin Singletary is gone, right? There's no Zach. Like, I'm not saying Zach Moss would be that guy, but the, it's him, <laughs> a, a tiny little pass catching back in James Cook, a tinier little pass catching back in Naheem Hines. And they just added Latavius Murray, who may not even make the team, probably won't make, won't make the team or won't be active on game days or whatever. He's the guy, man. If they get down there, like Jamal Williams, like everybody was like excited about Jamal Williams last year. This is Jamal Williams on freaking mega steroids because he's going to be efficient running. He can physically catch passes. I think Damian Harris, man, is just going to set the world on fire. So I'm calling piggybacking on your Josh Allen fade. Draft Damian Harris. Be overweight Damian Harris. Be underweight Josh Allen because he's going to take all the touchdowns. I've been grabbing a ton of Damian Harris the entire offseason for multiple different iterations of these drafts. So fully on board with that. It's It does correlate perfectly. It's part of the reason why I will be overweight on Damian Harris and severely underweight on Josh Allen. And that doesn't mean that Josh Allen isn't capable of explosion games still or anything like that. He he's going to have still he's going to have those games. He's Josh Allen. Yeah. yeah. I just don't think it's going to be as frequent. And I think that the cost when the other two guys are around him just would rather have those two guys, just like I'd rather have Damian Harris because of the cost and where he's going and for every reason you just brought up. So, yeah, I think those are perfectly correlated takes. Do we want to snake draft this? Do you want to go again or do you want me to go? Um, let's hit a couple of the, the – there's a ton of good ones in the in the chat. So let's do that. We'll both kind of get right. one, then we'll, boun- we'll bounce a couple, a couple from the chat. Let me uh, – find where was the one i wanted to uh mention i thought this was interesting from hacker saying if you do you know if you are drafting josh allen the inverse to what we said if you are drafting josh allen he says to stack him with mike evans or deandre hopkins because one of them will get traded to the bills and they'll be that right the 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 gabe davis we've been praying for 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 two years is actually one of these guys i think that's interesting if you really want to gal brain one of those that's a way to want to get unique with the Josh Allen stack and you hit Mike Evans on the bills. That sounds pretty good to me uh, in the, in the playoffs. Let me see where, what, what was I? Oh, this one. I love B Kurt, but he's pulling Korean level heat checks. Cause he's been really crushing it first. If you don't, if you don't know B Kurt, he's in our discord, obviously he's producing some awesome video content for us. He produced a really, really funny video today after the uh, discord draft that we did, but he's heat checking the shit out of his, uh, his, his takes. Now I believe he also was on Damian Harris. So we're feeding into his ego, but he says, Jimmy G will be on at least one 500 K or more lineup for people that are maybe not aware with the best ball payouts. There's only going to be a few tournaments where you can win 500K. So that's a top two finish on the playoff side of BBM or winning the regular season prize. If Jimmy G wins someone the regular season prize first out of 600 and something thousand teams or right winning the DraftKings Millie or maybe another another DraftKings tournament, there's not going to be a lot of tournaments in that uh, with this prize. And he's calling Jimmy G. What do you think about that one? Well, what I like about this, that as the uh, newly elected uh, director of media and marketing at Spike Week, <laughs> that I can do my first public firing of B. Kurt for having this take. I mean, bro, I want some spicy takes, but I don't want insanity. Like, what is this? Jimmy G? 
is going to win people money. That's never happened before. He's 106 years old now. He's on potentially one of the worst offenses in the league going into this year. It, I think, anyways, I'm fading the Raiders as a whole. Um, I I just I can't get behind Jimmy G being on at least one 500K or more lineup. It's more likely he doesn't even finish the season as the starter. Yeah. That would and, be my, which is yeah. not that spicy, but I would yeah. be like, I, I, I think, I think he might. He's more likely to be benched by week ten than he is to be on the. Which I like you said, obviously that's not spicy because the five hundred K is clearly more un, unlikely. But I think, dude, he he's been fine. Like from a real life po- football perspective, in like right EPA and all that shit on the Forty ers for such a long time. He's not on the 49ers anymore. Like, you know, I just don't. Devontae Adams is great. They have some some skill position talent or whatever. But, like, I've never seen a single thing. Right? We know who Jimmy G is now. This isn't a young player. Right? This isn't Jordan Love where we're like, okay, now it's his chance. We don't know. We Like, he probably sucks. But, like, we don't really know. We know we 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 know what Jim what Jimmy is, and it it's certainly not a high upside fantasy option. And it'd be one thing if he was like coming from this Patriots team to somewhere else, you'd be like, ah, oh, maybe it was the Patriots, right? Maybe maybe that was the issue. It's like he just came from the be- <laughs> Kyle Shanahan makes Nick Mullins into a good into a good quarterback. It doesn't get any better than that. So I uh, I love you, B. Kurt, but you're a madman. That's definitely extra spicy. <laughs> um, let's just let's just we'll I'll, we'll go we'll go uh, back to you and then I'll go and then we'll, we'll just keep going in that order. Well, speaking of correlation, that Jimmy Garoppolo take goes to my next one. The two guys that I'm fading in the first round of these NFL drafts, I'm fading going forward Travis Kelsey and I'm fading Devonte Adams. I think taking Kelsey currently as it stands now Kelsey's an outlier and if he has a year like last year this is this is gonna age very poorly <laughs> but if he comes down to earth at all right when you're investing capital in Travis Kelsey right now and you're tr- and for me I'm trying to get earlier quarterbacks I know not everyone's trying to do that but I particularly am so when I'm doing that I'm taking up two roster spots right there and the wide receiver well dries up way faster this year than it ever has in the past. So I think taking Travis Kelsey inherently just puts you at a massive disadvantage. It's not like a dislike of the player per se. It's a dislike of the roster construction that I'm getting on my teams. And I think on the flip side of that, Devontae Adams, for everything we just said about the Raiders, plus he's going to be, I mean, he's going to be 30 most of the year. He's not like over the hill or anything yet. But I think with the current construction of the team, this is the year he starts his decline. So if he's starting his decline, I don't want him in the first round. So there's guys around him that I would rather have Garrett Wilson. I would love, I would rather have Garrett Wilson than I would Devontae Adams. I'd rather have CD lamb. I'd rather have AJ Brown. I, I, if I'm going wide receiver there, there's plenty of guys around him that I would just rather have. So that's what I'm looking at as we, as we speak in the first round. I always try to throw away two first round guys every year if, if I think it's possible. And for me, to, it's easily going to be Kelsey and Devontae Adams. Right. That's how you can get, if you, that's how you can get just a little bit overweight on a first rounder. Um, assuming you get it right, it assumes an equal distribution of, of, of picks generally. 
that's how you can get over overweight on some of these other first rounders that you prefer because you're taking we're just going to use basic rough 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 math and say two you're taking two percent of everybody uh or you're taking two percent to everybody else right because you remove eight percent from kelsey you remove eight percent from Devonte adams you take that and put it onto everybody else now you got ten percent of everybody you want to move that around right a, a little bit more you can do mm -hmm. some different things that's how you get 10 to 15 percent of a first round player like i i i'm I'm pretty on, on board with this. I'm, I'm very anti Raiders this year. I think generally speaking, people overvalue Jimmy G because of the 49ers thing. Um, I'm willing to be proved wrong. If he comes out and plays really well for the Raiders, I, I don't care. I'll eat my L it's totally fine by me, but I, I, I don't think Jimmy, I think Jimmy is maybe the worst fit you could get for Devonte Adams. Um, and then the offense now, like, how are they going to be explosive other than Devonte, I guess, but Jimmy doesn't throw the ball down the field, right? So you have Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, a rookie tight end. You're still going to run the ball with Josh Jacobs and Devonte Adams. It's like, they all do the same shit. They all operate in the same area of the field, which is, I guess, kind of good for Jimmy. Cause that's where <laughs> it's the only place he'll throw the ball right over the middle or, or short, but there's no explosion in that offense. Devante Devante's best skill is being on the outside and just he's uncoverable. And even when he's covered, he's not, he's not covered, but that's not how Jimmy plays. Jim, when does Jimmy, you ever seen Jimmy throw a, like a 20 yard back, back shoulder fade in his life? Like, no, that's Aaron Rodgers. That's all he did. Right. How many times did Devante, right? He's covered. Rogers throws it back shoulder, catches it, tiptoes the sideline, 30 yard catch. Like that's yeah. and car, car was reasonable with that too with Devontae because Carr's a pretty accurate passer and he'll throw it down the field. I just don't see it, man. With, with Jimmy, it just feels like an awful fit. Devontae is an awesome football player. Same thing you said with Travis Kelsey. Like I don't have a negative thing in my soul to say about Devontae Adams or Travis Kelsey as players, but like it's a fantasy game, man, your situation matters. Um, and so I'm just going to be a little bit lower, right? If Devontae falls, maybe we do get, you know, uh, some, a, a lot of sentiment, that agrees. And I think it's possible because uh, some guys that we'll get to here in a second with mine, uh, some, some running backs and such are, I think are going to rise and it could be Devonte that falls a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. you can always reassess, but you know, if he's a first round or a one, two turn pick, I, I totally agree with you. I, I am going to use again, kind of segueing into a guy who I think who I would a first, I would take right now, over Devonte Adams and the player who I think is going to be the number one overall running back in all of fantasy. So I'm getting all the running back takes out of the way, apparently here. Um, yes. Damian Harris is going to score 20 touchdowns and not be the RB one because this dude is going to absolutely explode this year. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb on the Browns. We know like it's similar to Damian Harris. He's in this role and he has this talent efficiency not a problem mm -hmm. <laughs> the dude is a auto lock top top 10 probably top five running back in fantasy every year depending on other injuries and stuff this is the weakest class of running backs we've had you talked about wide receiver drying up it's partly because there's no run there's no there's like only a handful of early running backs anyone wants to take right because the all these guys have aged out or they're in legal trouble or whatever right dalvin kamara Mixon, Connor, all these guys are Javante's hurt, right? Brees is hurt, you know, was hurt. All these guys have like 
pushed themselves out of this whole tier. And yet Chubb still kind of generally goes in the same range he's gone in for years. Kareem Hunt is gone. Say whatever you want about Deshaun Watson. He lifts the ceiling of that offense, and he certainly does not lower the floor. He, Chubb's been doing this with Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum, and like it hasn't mattered. Now you put Deshaun Watson in there with a year under his belt. They have absolutely upgraded the skill level of the offense. They bring in Elijah Moore, and they bring in Cedric Tillman in the draft to go with Amari, DPJ, and David Njoku. That's one of the better skill position groups in the NFL, you remove Kareem Hunt and maybe Hunt will come back. But if even if Hunt or someone comes back to beat to take, you know, kind of that Jerome Ford second uh, running back spot in, in Cleveland, it doesn't like Chubb can be just fine. He can be absolutely just fine. If that doesn't happen and we get an elevated pass game role from Nick Chubb, right? If he moves from that, like he was borderline a 50 50 back with Kareem Hunt for, for a while now. If we get like, Nick Chubb on pass downs, Nick Chubb with like 75% of the work. Who's like, who's better than him besides CMC? Nobody to me. And like, he just, everything about him screams smash and what we would call small miss, big win player at the late second round or two, three turn or whatever it is he's going right now. I don't know how he misses because he hasn't missed in way worse situations. Right. Jacoby Brissett, Case Keenum is quarterback. Kareem Hunt is there. Dearness was playing. Right. Remember, like even with Hunt was gone, Dearness was playing. I just I see no risk and like all this upside for for Nick Chubb. And yet I think people are treating them like I've treated him for years. That eh, It's just Nick Chubb. He's probably going to be good. But do I really care now this year? You, you, you care. You care. So I, I, I'm calling Nick Chubb RB1 overall. Yeah, it's interesting with Nick Chubb because as we see the dynamic of like who is getting drafted where change. So look at the first round. Remember when the first round was just running backs? Like <laughs> essentially, like maybe a wide receiver or two squeezed in. So now as the running backs are getting squeezed down, the wide receivers are getting squeezed up. Chubb stays where he was last year, essentially. Maybe he's a little higher, but he's roughly right where he was last year. So he actually becomes an even bigger value because of that, right? So yep. that that's interesting. It actually goes into my next point, my next take, but we can go into the comments first if there's any that you see in there. I'm trying to pull up super quickly um, because Reeves – here we go. Uh, nope, I lied. Reeves, uh, mm-hmm. at Lord Reeves, Rich Rebar, had an awesome uh, tweet about Nick Chubb in 10 personnel for anybody that doesn't know what 10 personnel means one tight end or excuse me uh or 11 personnel i'm so sorry one tight end one running back right and then that obviously means three wide receivers uh and how it was something like he averaged eight yards per carry or something like that and now they don't they historically the browns as we know being a really run heavy kind of power run offense run a lot of two tight ends they'll run a fullback and all that but now Right, they trade for Elijah Moore. They draft Cedric Tillman. They don't have um, Jesus Austin Hooper right anymore. It was gone a couple of years ago. They're move. They're slowly moving into this this eleven personnel offense, which is kind of a more modern offense. And like that's what if you remember Sean McVay just carving people up in the run game for for multiple years, he would just stay in eleven personnel. Right, they never. It's always Higby at tight end, Cup in the slot, and the you know, and one running back, and like 
Chubb is just like the dream for that dude. If you have Watson with Cooper, one of the outside wide receivers, Elijah Moore and Joe, you have to respect the pass. And mm-hmm. now Nick Chubb is going to average, you know, <laughs> six, with seven a mobile yards quarterback too. with a mo- Yeah. With a mobile quarterback. It's just yeah. like, I, I just can't find a negative really, I guess, other than hunt comes back, which isn't really a negative. It's just a, maybe takes a little bit off that ceiling that we've been looking for. I guess the only negative would be if Watson is just complete absolute dust and that team can't move the ball at all, yeah. that it doesn't almost doesn't matter how good Nick Chubb is. The opportunity is just not going to be there. But I have a feeling that's not going to be the case. I don't I don't know if Deshaun Watson regains his, you know, superpower level levels that when he was like amazing, but no. I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was last year either with a with a full year with getting the half year and getting a full year of off seasoning under him. So I, I think Nick Chubb is, is pretty golden this year. I agree. Um, this is not a, a hot take, but it can segue into a hot take for us. Cameron asks, will the $3 million team be more likely to have a zero RB build this year? Do you think um, structure of BBM, the way the NFL is, the way ADP is, any of that, does any of that make you think that zero RB is more likely to be on the winning team in BBM? Actually goes into my next hot take. The uh, best ball mania. Shout out as, Cameron. Shout as out Cameron. Stands, <laughs> as stands, as ADP stands at the moment, the winning best ball mania team will have a hero RB construction. And the Harrow RB will come from end of second, early third round with Nick Chubb or Tony Pollard or one of those running backs in that range. So the, the winning construction is going to be Harrow RB with a top five quarterback. And then you're just pounding wide receiver for the rest of the rounds through there. Um, through the rest of the first seven, eight rounds, you're getting your four, your five before you take your next running back. So I think Carol RB as stands is the winning construction for best ball mania. I think I, I go, I go so back and forth because like we talked about yesterday, I, there's so many of the Nick Chubb. I mean, I just talked about my, my affinity for, for Nick Chubb. Tony Pollard is kind of right there as the one B to me in that, in that range. That doesn't make sense to me. I think that they're both probably bad. I've, I've been working on rankings and projections and all sorts of different stuff. And I, I keep toying with the idea of Pollard and Chubb in the back of the first round uh, ahead of Devante, ahead of CD, ahead of some of those, some of those guys I'm trying to figure out what to do, but they just feel more like that to me than two, three turn picks on the flip side. There are running backs much later as well. Cam Akers price doesn't make sense to me. And like, we actually talked about this in the discord today with a bunch of people and people just kept saying he feels risky. And like I understand some of the concerns, right? He was supposedly, I guess, in the doghouse, right? At the beginning of last year, he was hurt a couple of years ago. And then to me, the real concern is like the Rams fell off the face of the earth last year. And is Stafford actually going to be healthy this year? Because if Stafford's not, then you're probably just going to get it all over again. However, he made his insane run down the stretch last year. No cup. No Stafford, you know, it's Tutu Atwell and Ben Skaronic and everything like that. And he was just still absolutely crushing. So he doesn't feel risky to me. They didn't draft. They drafted a running back in the sixth round, Zach Evans. Cam Akers, Joe Mixon. I don't want to do the Joe Mixon conversation again, but people are finally figuring out like, hmm, 
he is going to be on the he is going to be on the Bengals, and he's also not going to be suspended because the Bengals yeah. would have known that he was going to be suspended by now, and they would have fucking signed somebody <laughs> like they're not or drafted somebody or something or traded for DeAndre Swift, right? They they would have done something. So I think people are getting hip to Mixon, Acres. Uh, I think Dalvin makes a ton of sense around there. Our boy Damian Harris is extremely cheap. The Eagles guys are cheap, so I could if ADP holds. To answer Cameron's question, I think it is more likely this year than ever that zero RB wins one of these tournaments because that the range of round right six or seven to round 12 is like guys that used to go in the fourth round. <laughs> you know, we make fun of the Josh Jacobs thing, but it was kind of like just a Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery type bit where like, you know, the industry just didn't like those guys. It wasn't really that they deserved to go in the zero RB range. But like now there's all these, like there's so many of these guys that I just don't think deserve to be there relative to um, the whole kind of ADP market. And so I'll say it's more likely that zero RB wins, wins this year. Although I, I really love some of those early running backs too. So, but what I will say, I guess to piggyback on that, no robust, (laughs) don't draft robust running back teams. Don't draft, you know, I don't even think I know Kareen won last year with the, the double tap running back at the start, at least right now, I would not do that. Maybe 80 people change. I I don't expect that it will to where it'll make running backs more attractive at the top, but I, I don't think you can draft a robust running back team with the way the ADP is right now with the wide receiver stuff. And then with the later running backs. So kind of a cheating answer more so Zero RB is more likely, but I think the biggest thing is avoiding the robust teams to me this year. My my only pushback on that is if you get an early, early draft spot. So just looking at the one team that I've gotten in BBM with the one-on-one right now, I was able to grab Justin Jefferson. And then the 2-3 turn, I got Barkley Pollard. So See, that's, that's ridiculous. That <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's I mean, you get that, and I still you know, my wide receivers, they're not as strong as I would like them to be. I got Christian Kirk, Godwin, Kadarius Tony, Alan Lazard. It's fine, right? It's fine. I still would have liked a stronger wideout somewhere in there, but I think you can do, and I think it's only viable from like the one or two spot, maybe three if you get really lucky, where you can go a wide receiver early and then double tap RB at the two, three turn. You can't do it. You definitely can't do it if you get a late pick. Mid yeah. to late picks, you're not yep. going to be able to do it. But I think as it stands, and I don't like we've talked about, this isn't going to stay for a while. Pollard like, and Barkley is... are not going at the t- like. I agree with you. If that happens, yeah. and Chubb's there, and Ramondre and Jacobs, all those guys, I think are are great picks right there. I I I doubt that stands, but I could be wrong too. That that could be totally yeah, wrong. We could be wrong, but I can't I can't imagine it staying. I just can't imagine it not. I can't imagine them not moving two or three of these guys to the middle of the second round especially when like more casual players come in. People love Jalen Waddle. I love Jalen Waddle. Casual player is going to come in and say, why the hell am I drafting Jalen Waddle <laughs> over Saquon Barkley or Nick Chubb? And I understand it. Like it's not, yeah. it's not like a terrible take by any means, but that's what they're going to come in and say. They were like, nope, give me Saquon, give me Pollard, give me Nick Chubb. And it's just going to keep moving them up and up and up. And I do think that's what the hero thing, right? Like right now, Dipping, dip, like dip your toes in once to that little pocket, Pollard, Chubb, Ramondre, Jacob, Saquon, etc., and then get the hell out. <laughs> yeah, get get the hell out and just hit those wide receivers, and you'll be you'll be totally fine. 
Um, all right. Now let's hit some of these. Uh, oh, God blessed. Felix shows up. Najee, our RB1. I can't believe we got to do 365 more days. <laughs> he, you, you fulfilled your commitment to Najee Harris last year, yeah. Felix. We don't need to do this anymore. We, you, you, he won you a million dollars. You don't need to spend a million dollars on Najee Harris. He'll, he's okay if you don't draft him. He's going to be fine. You've fulfilled your commitments. Please move on. We pray that you don't waste all your money on Najee Harris. Yeah, you you have absolutely fulfilled your commitments. I uh, I totally agree. This is a funny one. I'll hit some. Of, I'll, we'll pivot over to the comments. Mike Rob says, "Which tout will burn himself or herself out first and have a breakdown?" Uh, no personal attacks, obviously, or or anything like that. Um, but I I I have thought it might be not necessarily have have a breakdown, but what Peter Overzad is able to do, I'm. St- still not sold that he's actually a human being and mm-hmm. he he like we've had the robot conversation uh fairly recently the level of work that that dude's able to turn out the amount of streams right the newsletters uh everything that he is able to do serious shows and a newborn baby <laughs> is like that is superhuman shit so i just he would be the normal if you didn't know him and he, and he didn't have the sustained track record i would not i would not understand how uh how pete is uh is able to do it so i don't have a very good answer but he was just, i just wanted to bring up that pete is a goddamn well, savage well i've already had my mental breakdown this year so <laughs> it's not going to be me <laughs> as we as me and you know anyways so yes. i'm off the table i believe um it's going to be Corrine, right Corrine, I mean, although he won to, I mean, it's got to be tough to jump on a plane to Paris on a moment's <laughs> notice and still try to get a newsletter out true. and try to draft. And I mean, I know like you can go lay in your bed of money and play the guitar and, you know, play some, I don't know. What do you play when you're sad and you're rich? Is it like Jack Johnson or something like that? Just <laughs> strumming the guitar to so, play some old Nickelback songs. No, I was going to say Nickelback, yeah. but uh, Staring at a picture of his roster that he won with. Coldplay? Coldplay? Coldplay. Some Coldplay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's got to be Pat Corain. He's going he's gonna to be trying to jet set all over the place. You know, the, you know we've, seen, we've seen the behind the musics on VH1 back in the day, yeah. what, the, what this does to people. So, Corain, you're going down, and uh, we all know it. Have you seen there's a new series on uh... – TNT or or one of those or whatever called Rich and Shameless. Yes. Uh which is it's actually it's actually pretty pretty entertaining. They go behind the scenes on like the Girls Gone Wild guy and like some of those those crazies or whatever. We may see Kareen on there eventually cuz this dude is really is really pushing the limits of winning 2 million dollars and being one of the best fantasy analysts out there. Immediately starting right his own uh and it, newsletter is a casual way to put it. He's starting his own company and um content business the newsletter is just the delivery vehicle but uh you know he's on every show which Mm -hmm. spoiler he'll be on he'll also be on spike week shows uh weekly weekly. (laughs) uh he's obviously doing ship chasing he's doing his own podcasts and videos he's doing every guest appearance under the sun he's got dynasty rankings and as someone who does a million different kinds of rankings and a million different kinds of content. I can tell you that the burnout is the burnout is real. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I'm, I'm in, 
so actually a long-winded way of saying I'm impressed by so many of the people in the space, including the including those two guys. And uh, this is not a complaint of oh, this is hard, but there's a lot of people really putting in a lot of work and a lot of good content out there. So uh, shout out to uh, to all those guys. Let me see if there's one more that we can hit, and then we can jump back to uh, uh, this is this is, two people said this one. Uh, I don't know that it's a hot take, but it's a take, and I think it's fine. Jeff says Can Makers is this year's Josh Jacobs and Cobra Kai. Also says Cam Akers feels like this feels like Josh Jacobs, right? He and he he points out he and the coach mended their fences. Akers was a beast down the stretch, and you know the fantasy community has written him off and put him in this dead zone just like they did Josh Jacobs. What do you think about that kind of parallel? Um, I was grabbing a decent amount of Cam Akers <laughs> early, and I still will grab Cam Akers. I think the problem for me at the moment is that's like where I'm grabbing that last wide receiver right now to feel good about that team in general but mm-hmm. doesn't mean that's what i'm going to continue to do and as with these adp shake up that could change as well but it's not i have no problem with cam makers this year especially where he's going it he seems seems like a smash in that range all right what's next for you I think I just went with the with the hero RB stuff. It. Oh it's yeah, your you're turn. right. You're right. Okay, we're pivoting away from the the structure talk and the tout talk. We're moving over to my favorite. I, I'm calling all my shots on uh, you know like like I said RB one and the twenty touchdown, uh, which probably makes Damian Harris like you know a top five running back just on the touchdowns alone. The rookie wide receiver one is not Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's not. Jordan Addison, it's not Quentin Johnston, Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt wins the Bolitnikoff at Tennessee, slips to the third round to the New York Giants. I don't even want to say slips. It's gen- you know, he was going in the probably going to go in the late second or third. It's about where we probably had him pegged. But he lands in the absolute dream spot we put together a a youtube short that was actually like quentin johnston in new york is the is the dream landing spot for for quentin johnston and jalen hyatt got that landing spot a speed playmaking outside wide receiver in an offense with brian dayball who we've been talking about for multiple years now about how gene right he crafted josh allen in the bills offense turned the giants with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and a bunch of CFL wide receivers into a really good offense and a playoff team. Now they add a bunch of slot receivers, right? They bring back, they have like a zillion, not all these guys are going to make the team, by the way, because they have a million wide receivers right. on the roster. Crowder, Shepard. Uh, but the point is they bring, they re-sign Hodgins. Yeah, yeah, air quotes, wide <laughs> receivers. That's why I said CFL, because they're not going to be in the NFL for much longer. Yeah. Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins are not like they're they're NFL level. They're actually NFL level wide receivers, unlike probably Jamison Crowder and Sterling Shepard and stuff. Now they don't have the one thing he does make big plays. He's mm-hmm. not going to He We're talking about Devante earlier with like, right. He's just an artist. Devante's a freaking technician. That's not Jalen Hyatt's game. But he provides this element to the, to an NFL offense and particularly to the Giants offense that is so freaking necessary. I just want to show a couple of super, super quick highlights of, of Jalen Hyatt because this shit is ridiculous, man. Like, absolutely ridiculous. The, the way that he makes plays. 
just always open. Look at this. <laughs> and got underthrown. Just, I mean, he's ridiculous. He is not a wide receiver that you want to draft in managed leagues because, my God, do you never want to have to click that button and say this is the week for Jalen Hyatt, right? Mm -hmm. He's not the NFL wide receiver that you're like, yep, next superstar, right? This is the next Devontae Adams. This is the next Stephon Diggs. That's not what I'm saying at all. But this, we're, we are a best ball, you know, company, and we're drafting best ball teams. He is the epitome of better, better in best ball in the perfect landing spot to be better in best ball. He can make big plays. As we saw from a couple quick highlights, he can make big plays after the catch because he's just so ungodly fast in a straight line. He can also make big plays just taking the lid off the defense. And literally, those are the two things that the Giants offense needs. I think he's just going to have a monster year with like a bunch. You know, he's going to have games where he goes two for 12, but he's going to have a bunch of three for 140 and two games. And uh, I, I don't think that any of these other wide receivers are in that awesome of a spot to produce. They're, they're, they're fine. They're totally fine, but they weren't that great of prospects. I'm just in love with Jalen Hyatt at the price that he's at right now. And he's going around players like Antonio Gibson, Zay Jones, Derek Carr, Adam Thielen, Dawson Knox, you know, Donta Foreman, Dalton Kincaid. So it's kind of an easy smash where he's going, right? Especially if you're looking don't... for a wide receiver there. I don't really understand the price, to be totally honest with you. We get very infatuated with the, the new rookie wide receivers, especially if they get a good landing spot, right? Like I know Sky Moore was a lot of a bit of a lot of a bit, but like Sky Moore lands somewhere attractive. Like, like Sky Moore was fine. Went to Western Michigan and was an okay, was was good at Western Michigan. Jalen Hyatt won the Bolitnikov in the SEC. And landed in an also a really good spot, and he's going one thirty seventh overall, and the wide receiver sixty. Like I, it, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. He's there's not a lot of late wide receivers I like. To your point, it falls off really, really fast. But he's one of the ones where I'm like, okay, if I get locked out of wide receiver, uh, I need, I need to be making sure he's in the queue. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's Garrett Wilson. What I'm going to compare him to with Garrett Wilson is the draft spot. So. Garrett Wilson, to me, was one of the easiest smashes in the 11th round or whatever it was last year. I had 20-something percent of them. If he stays around players like that, my Hyatt exposure is going to be relatively high to the field because of because of the spot. I think he's going to move up a bit, but I don't yeah, think, I think he's so going to move up tremendously. So still might be, the, especially with the wide receivers drying up early, you know, ninth round Jalen Hyatt might be 11th round Garrett Wilson from last year. Yeah. I think that that's I think that that's a totally uh, reasonable reasonable take. Yeah, this is funny. One of the highlights was against one of the worst defenses in college football. Yeah, Sky Moore every single Saturday or Thursday was playing against one of the worst defenses in in uh, in college football, and yet we were cool with him in the seventh round or whatever. Or whatever. You know, that's just how it goes. That's that's college football. But I agree. I know Mike uh, is uh, just pointing out uh, that's man that dude that's that's the college shit that's really really hard is sometimes they're playing against guys who are about to be you know accountants or car salesmen in a in a couple of months and then other guys are playing against georgia you know yeah but hi hi it does play against georgia and bama and florida right and all, and all that so uh it's pretty impressive to do what he did even except even being flawed that's okay for best ball 
right in in dynasty or or your managed league like i'm not i'm not telling you that he's a smash in your home league when you go draft against your buddies because you're never going to start him right so like who gives a shit if you pick him if you if you draft him even if he's good because you're never going to start him in best ball we don't got to worry about that we just get to soak up all the big plays and enjoy it you know that's the perfect way he's the perfect pick for this format yeah, he gets you four or five weeks on a best ball team. Then he totally pays off his ADP. And I think that's what some people forget with those later picks is the amount of weeks that, you know, I, I think somebody show, someday, somebody smarter than me should sit down and weigh out how many weeks a player in each individual round should actually be getting you scoring wise. Like a first round wide receiver should be getting you 13 out of 17 weeks right in your lineup and just go from there. I'm just throwing arbitrary numbers out, but I I do think that is, that's kind of how I think about it when I'm drafting. I don't have like a solid number in my head or anything, but it is something Mm -hmm. that goes through my mind. It's like when I talk about Darnell Mooney, it's like, okay, I'm drafting Darnell Mooney where I'm drafting him. Not because I think he's the number one wide receiver on Chicago and he's going to have this crazy year. It's that when he gets his three to four weeks that he's supposed to be getting me, they could be potential blow up spots because of the way that he plays the game. So that's why I'm I'm leveraging it and like putting it through like my process of drafting. And uh, I think maybe we should do that at some point. Don't really like know it. how to arbitrate how to properly quantify it, but you know, Al says most of most of Hyatt's production came without such. Well, good thing that the Giants didn't draft such Tillman. Oh, then maybe we'd, we'd re- that would be really tough. That'd be really tough. Did you know that Amon Ra's production mostly came without TJ Hawkinson uh, in his in his rookie season? Uh, I love you, Al. I'm just fucking around. But uh, those <laughs> those those conversations are always like tough. It's like I understand what you are saying, but like it also doesn't like doesn't always really work really work that way because that's how you get into like. Devonte Adams needs Jordy Nelson to be off the field. And then like, actually Devonte Adams is just one of the best wide receivers, you know, in, in the NFL, it's tough to, to play that, to play that balancing act. Um, I think we're on to the chat hot takes here mm-hmm. and then we'll pivot, pivot back to us. There's some, there's a couple other good ones, but I cannot take my eyes off of this one that vaporware just, po- just posted. Bijan Robinson will be the first rookie to run for 2000 yards. And this is crazier than running for 2000 yards which is already an absurd feat he will have more than 2750 total yards meaning if he just somehow gets to 2000 rushing yards which is absurd itself he's also going to have 750 (laughs) receiving yards which would be one of the most impressive feats in the history of football i mean that is a hell of a hot take i think Bijan's going to smash this year but i think that uh think people are kind of like overdoing it with him a little bit i understand he's generational but i think the coaching staff <laughs> is going to probably not play him 110 percent of the snaps i think he's going to be off the field a little more than people are expecting this first year so i mean that could still yep. be 80 percent of the snaps which is still monumental right but i he's not going to get 100 percent. he can't right they're, they're gonna no. they're gonna play algier a little so. I think they're going to play Algier more than more than. I mean, this is. Think about the Falcons. What happened all season, right? So we draft Kyle Pitts, we draft Drake London, all year. Arthur uh, Arthur Smith is not getting him the ball. 
right? He's not throwing the ball to Kyle. And I know this is um, not always applicable. He did get some red zone targets, whatever. Not throwing those guys the ball, right? Michael Pruitt and these losers are getting touchdowns in the in the red zone. He's splitting the he's splitting the carries even when Algiers performing really well. I just don't think that Arthur Smith is ever going to do the stuff that we think that he's supposed to do. All logic says you draft a running back. A you draft maybe the best or certainly, you know, a top 5 running back prospect of all time or of the modern era. You should use him. You spend the eighth overall pick on him. He should get 85 to 90% of the work. That's just like what logic would say. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Arthur Smith operates in our in our universe. I, I don't think he plays the same game that we play. I think he's totally fine, like giving Bijan like 65% of the work. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds absurd, but Tyler Algier was awesome for them last year. Like, this isn't just like I know Tyler Algier can't hold a Bijan's jock, but like I just think that that's how Arthur Smith is going to operate. Um, again, willing to be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong because I'm still going to draft Bijan. I agree. The upside's too good. He's too good of a player. He's also too fun. Like Jesus Christ, am I really going to draft 150? You know, I drafted like 700 teams last year. Am I going to draft 700 and forego Bijan Robinson? No, but I'm seeing people putting him like fifth overall, sixth overall. I'm like, you're drafting Bijan over Tyreek, over Cooper Cup. Like th- I think that's spicy, uh, and I think that's more of the consensus. So I'm I'm gonna take Bijan, love him, no real major issues. But I think I I'm a, I have a little bit lower expectations maybe than the entire industry. Yeah, it's totally fair. I mean, I still gonna take him here and there, but I don't think he's gonna do what other people are thinking he's gonna do. I definitely don't think he's getting two thousand yards. But kudos <laughs> to the. Uh, to that absolute spicy fire take because it is a it is a hot take and if that's it's the definitely... case vaporware you have to put your money where your mouth is and you need to have like 20 percent yes of Bijan robinson if that if you truly believe that you have to be smashing him over guys occasionally like justin jefferson you have to one-on-one them sometimes you have to, I would to definitely... get the different constructions I would definitely forego Kelsey, like to your kind of using your strategy before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bijan has, uh, you know, about pick nine. Him and JT are pretty close. He's generally uh, maybe a pick ahead of JT. I would definitely take him if if that is your stance. You know, he is going to blow the roof off Atlanta. Um, I would definitely take him before Diggs. That's not even a question. Yeah. I would definitely take him before Kelsey, and then I would be mixing him in ahead of the Tyreeks and such of the world. And I try to go get myself, like you said, 20, 20% Bichon or something. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way you would have to play it. I'm just kind of looking two of my drafts. He went in the four and the five spots. So he is going to get pushed up. I think a little bit throughout the next few months um, into those spots. It wouldn't shock me, but um, yeah. Yeah. Mac thinks he's going to pass Kelsey, which I don't think is, I don't think it's a total. It's hot take e, not 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 super hot takey, but uh, I I don't I don't find it too difficult to do that either. I, I think it's I think it's possible. He won't pass Chase. He won't pass Mm-mm. CMC. He won't pass Jefferson. There's three guys that are untouchable at the top. Yeah, um, but that's that's where he's gonna go. So I think it's back to me. Yep. 
one more piece, one more a piece, and then any if you have any left in the chat, Rob and I'll each drop one more, and we'll hit a couple of the last ones from the chat before we get out of here. All right, so there is a one hundred percent success rate between the winner of Best Ball Mania <laughs> and the Spike Week Royal Rumble. Karain <laughs> not only won. Best Ball Mania, but he also won the Royal Rumble, right? It's going to happen again this year. Oh. The winner of of the Spike Week Royal Rumble this year will also win either. I'm, you know what? I'll just keep it the Best Ball Mania. Will win Best Ball Mania again. The three million. The three million. Okay. And it will be me. I'm winning. <laughs> Somebody has to do it. It's a tough job. Yeah, that's true. It is a tough. That's it's very tough. That's a that's a fact. But the and I will just say, even if it's not the winner of the Royal Rumble, somebody in the Royal Rumble does win Best Ball Mania. Okay. Well, that is what I will say is uh, not to not to toot my own horn, but I did finish last in the Royal Rumble last year, <laughs> so I know what I'm talking about. Uh, there are a lot of good. There are a lot of good smart drafters in there um even you know our boss dan bach comes in off the top rope literally and uh is drafting poolside right like flexing on all of us and is drafting competitive teams so like even you know everybody's good everybody's good in that in that draft there's no uh uh there's no easy outs i guess except for me <laughs> in that uh in that uh, i also I, I was definitely drink i had a bears onslaught uh, and trade yeah. my quarterbacks were Lance and Fields. Hey, shout out to me for drafting uh, Fields. I got Kelsey in the first. Like, how do you fuck up a Justin Fields and <laughs> Travis Kelsey team and you finish last? I, I sure as hell <laughs> found a way to uh, to do it. I, I'll 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 swap it around a little bit and uh, but piggy piggyback on kind of kind of what you were saying. I think that the level of intelligence. Um, kind of innovation willing to approach best ball in a unique way and try out different strategies, the willingness to understand um, things like payout structure, uh, uniqueness, all that kind of stuff that I see amongst the people in the spike week discord. And, you know, the readers, the people watching this shout out to you guys, like the people, like I learn from it. This is, this is one of those things where I think a lot of, and this is not a knock on anybody, there's tons of smart people creating content, doing streams or whatever, where people are like, I'm just going to tell you who to draft and how to draft in terms of like creating content and how we do it is like a little bit different. Of course, we give our takes and we all think we have some things that we may do better or have some ideas on how to how to win. But I, I think the biggest thing that uh, about the whole Spike Week space and the thing that we've built is that community. And I step in there every day. And like, it, it's like BBM dropped and like, I'm like, I'm like rejuvenated, man. Like it, it's been kind of a long off season. I was really kind of tired from the big board and the big board super flex. And you hop in there right now into uh, the discord and my goodness, man, there's just like an infinite amount of smart people. Just like, what do you think about this? Or I ran this, like I got this model and what do you think? You know, hear me, let me see what this spits out. People are reading article, right? Local news articles that like even Roto World isn't blurbing, right? And they're like, so like you have access to all these brilliant minds and like in there is where you're going to spot the tournament winners. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, shout out to the all the all of us uh, touts in the in the Royal Rumble. I think the BBM winner, the DraftKings Millie winner this year, is coming from that group because it is freaking May second, and the intelligence level and the thoughtfulness of the conversation and strategy and player takes and everything that's going on in there is like nothing I've ever seen. It's literally like nothing I've ever seen. I learn something every single day from the people in there. It's crazy. So, shout out to you guys. I think this is going to be. The most insane year ever for the sickos, man. I think that I think there's going to be a whole lot of money coming down into uh, sicko nation. So that's 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 my uh, alternate version of your uh, final hot take. Yeah, and just to piggyback off of that, and just to continue your points, the community is very welcoming, right? So somebody new comes in, they are willing to have discussions. Coming from the poker community. I, I'm sure you don't follow poker like as much as I do. And I'm very much not in 15 years. Yeah. I very much like what I follow it with a few people and it's chaos. It's constant chaos. It's just a bunch of yelling and screaming and fighting and people yelling and Doug pokes fo- posting an apology video every other day and <laughs> not picking on him, but that's just what people are doing. It's just, it's, it's, it's tiring that that community as a whole is tiring and best ball could totally be that. And specifically in the spike week and a few other discords, I see it not like that. They are welcoming. They are open to discourse. Yeah. You'll get pushback, but that's what you want. You want, I want pushback. If I put something out there, don't want like just blind, like, yeah, that sounds great. You, but it's civil pushback. So I think shout out to everyone that's in the discord having these conversations. It's great to be part of this community. Um, My other one, the hometown ghost stories discord. It's nice that that one is nice and inviting. Like it's so nice to just be part of stuff that is not tiring, just not like it just to the point that you just have to give it up. And uh, I love it. And I say all that and I'm going to play in the world series of poker this year and just ruin (laughs) my entire life. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, before we get out of here, I just want to we won't dive into dive in deep on kind of the remaining hot takes that I've seen from everybody in here, but I just want to make sure to uh point them out. This was kind of funny after the Bijan discourse, Billy Joe says, What if Bijan ends up like Trent Richardson 2.0? I mean, we certainly didn't think Trent Richardson would be Trent Richardson, but I would be that would be spicy as hell if he's a if he, if he is uh if he's just a just a bust. Kobe Short says hot take a one three thirteen one build is viable right now. I actually agree. Um, one quarterback, three running backs, thirteen wide receivers, and one tight end. Maybe a smidge overkill, but uh, uh, I think it's fun, and I think those are the fun things to try out right now. Tank Dell, real quick. Speaking of the Discord, if you've actually drafted that team, Kobe, um, post it in the Discord so we can yeah. see it. I'm curious. draft review. I want to see yeah. it in the draft review channel. Well, uh, that'll be a fun one, fun one to review. Tank Dell is going to crush playoff weeks. I like it. There was some fun Tank Dell conversation actually in the Discord. Uh, vaporware BBM4 fills before August 1st. That is spicy. <laughs> vaporware yeah. is bringing the heat today. Bijan's going to have 3,000 yards, and BBM's going <laughs> to fill before the preseason with 700,000 entries. That would be spicy. D Webb says, I'm calling Russ and the Broncos. 
bouncing back. Sutton traded. Marvin Mims wins rookie of the year. I like it. That is also uh, spicy. Kobe Short says, uh, my hot take is you don't need that many live players in week 17. Uh, so that is that is an interesting one as well. I think that is about what we got here. And then just Jeff Jeff leaves us with, I love the Discord. Appreciate all the hard work you guys put in creating all this content for us maniacs. Yes, we are all sick in the in the head. So <laughs> we... I enjoy it. It's the, it doesn't feel, it certainly doesn't doesn't feel like a job. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, just to go off of that BBM filling before August first, the one stat I saw today, I believe Rudman put it out there that as of today, for Best Ball Mania four, the entrance of Best Ball Mania four would have taken up thirty seven percent of Best Ball Mania yeah. one. Yeah, so crazy. it would have already been a third of the way full for best ball mania one which show i i find it funny but it also just shows the growth of best ball yes right? it's nuts in such a short period of time man three years and yeah. and this is where we are um tons more content coming coming this week first show with Karain, little spike week legendary upside crossover uh, got some produced videos, draft reviews, all sorts of stuff. Make sure to subscribe so you can get access to all that as soon as we drop it. And of course, that Discord that we talked about, 100% free. 100% free to hop in that Discord. And there's a link there in the description. For myself and for Rob and for all, all these dogs and all you guys, we will see you guys. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. <laughs>